to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. How are you doing, Dad? I'm doing very well. Isn't this nice to be side by side, In Steve? person. We yeah. had a little trouble, everyone, with uh, with our internet this week, so we couldn't um, do it remotely. So um, I've taken a trip down, had to do a few other bits, um, but then I thought we'll get a chance to do a podcast in person, which would be nice. It is. Yeah, makes a difference. Makes a real difference. Um so yeah, so this this is a little bit delayed. We uh it's meant to be released today. So when I go back tonight, I've got to quickly edit it and pop it up on the website. So we're a little bit late with this one. Sorry everyone. But um we've had to it was that or a very um laggy internet quality podcast where i would say something and then 10 seconds later dad would hear it and respond um so it would be three times the length with the same amount of talking (laughs) just be us it would have been novel though people would have said what's going on probably would have found it funny because i'd be saying we talk over each other which we actually did the week before and i had to cut out gaps Uh, yeah well because and at the (laughs) at the end when i said we said, enjoy your week. We were in time because I timed it with you, but I could hear you hearing me back like halfway through you saying it. <laughs> so I think you must have thought, oh, we were not in time there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we have fun, don't we, with these? Um, anyway, yes. Um, how have you been this week, Dad? We've I've, I've been relaxing a little bit, Steve. Um, I've been doing, an, uh, we've got a project on the go at the moment, which uh, it's quite important to get right. Not necessarily for our um, members, but this is um, something that's going to be universally useful. I, I won't say any more about that at the moment, but that um, that's taken my time up. And uh, it takes a lot, when you're filming like I am, you know, um, and of course I'm cameraman and um, you know projectionist and whatever and an artist and narrator. When you've got all those hats to put on, it, you you have to you have to work it out quite well because otherwise it all goes wrong on you. So you, you've got to double check everything and make sure you've got mm. the focus right, and it's quite a lot involved. So. To, to do what amounts to probably a minute or a couple of minutes of filming, it can take um, a couple of hours, actually, in, in preparation and so on. It's amazing. You've been working mostly on production this week That's rather right. than artwork. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been working on a few things, as you said. So, yeah, no, no new pictures, but we've still got lots to talk about. Um, and that's thanks to an email that came from Lynn. And Lynn asked, uh, can you ask Colin what was or is the biggest and the smallest picture he has ever completed in pastel pencils and watercolours, please? Does he find completing a smaller picture more difficult than a large picture? So far, I've only completed pastel pencils on A4 size and would really like to have a go at A3. Um, So let's take it a question at a time here, Dad. Mm -hmm. The biggest pastel pencil picture 
I mean, I suppose we're kind of staring at it. it we are, yes. It's on our wall at the moment. <laughs> um, I wouldn't... Um, it's it's never been given away. I've had people after it, but I, I wouldn't part with it because I, I'm not going to do another one. And that was... Um, you could say, if you're looking at inches, 30 by 20. So it's 30 long, 20 tall. Now, when you put that in the frame, that's going to be quite a picture. And um, But um, what was the... Uh, what was the um, centimetres? It's like remember. 70 by 40, I think, yeah, roughly. Something like that, yeah. It's sort of a bit bigger than A2 in length. And what I did originally when I was um, doing this picture, this was way back in 1986, this was. That's a while ago. And uh, I had the Ongre paper was mounted onto mount board, and it was sold as mount board at the time. Um, which was very handy because it um, didn't flop about. You can imagine something that large would have been a bit of a nightmare. Uh, but uh, so I used the mount board itself, and that's what that is. And uh, But it's on grey paper put onto it. Anyway, it, that's the largest picture I've done. It looks um, very detailed. What's really interesting about seeing... Mm a larger picture from you is your detail that you usually put into pictures mm. but magnified like even more detail yes that's true however if you go close to that you'd find that uh, it's not perhaps as detailed as you think it is because when you've got a big picture like that you're looking at you're looking at it like we are from about oh, 15 foot away and that's really the, the right way to do it. If you go to the National Gallery or any of the art galleries, you have to stand back on these pictures because if you go close to them, you can't see them that clearly. Nothing really fo- is focused. And it's really the same with that. So if you go close to it, you'll find it's not as detailed as you think it is. Um, but still, nonetheless, it's still I still... Uh, there's a lot of attention what i do remember on a picture of this size now if you this is Polpero harbor we did a small version of this didn't we a4 version of this yeah uh, for the classes and but the when you've got a, an expanse of sky like that which is not quite half the picture but it's nearly half the picture was sky now you can imagine with a finger trying to put that those clouds and that um, blue sky and it you actually use your whole thing several fingers when you're doing it not just one <laughs> and uh, but nonetheless I'm not taking it away from it, it it's, a, it's a lovely picture and as I say I would never part with it um, so that's the biggest one and it does present certain problems and I wouldn't do another one now we're talking about um, Lynn moving from A4 to A3 Generally speaking, I generally say A4 is a larger picture that I would want to do. But there's no reason why you can't go to A3. Difficulty depends on the subject. If you've got an intricate subject, then you probably could easily fill up an A3 picture. But if you've got um, like an open landscape, you know, the tree and a bit of hill and a bit of water running through, that's when you've got to fill it up. You can't just put green grass in you've got to put green grass with lots of things in it lots of interest in it uh, otherwise it's very boring 
Um, well, I think it is. That's only my opinion. I mean, some people don't. But I, I like to have something that uh, people can look at and, um, you know, get get involved in, even if it's only um, something like grass so or if water. It, if it was grass, how would you spruce that up if it was I, a big well, expanse of grass? I would do it with colour, mainly. It wouldn't, and grass, um, you think of that as being just all green. Well, generally speaking, it isn't. But even if it was, and a photographic reference, or if you're doing it live, you see it as all green, it's very boring to just do that. You'll find that all the great artists would, would add lots of colour in there, shades of green, ochres, browns possibly, uh, even reds can go into uh, green um, areas and, you know, burnt siennas, which is a sort of ready brown, can go in. You can, you can vary it a bit. And the other thing you can do is to make it slightly patchy. You know, you can put little bits of, um, what can I call it, when, when you have earth, you know, you can, yeah, you can little patches of earth in it. I think I think it's something you can do quite a lot to it. Uh, I do that on small pictures, mind you. So um, it, you're just magnifying what you have. Is it any? I think it's quite hard to. I would think it was quite hard to move from A4 to A3 personally, and I think that's the problem they would probably find. To fill it up. To make it more, in, to keep it interesting. Yeah, because you're using a pencil, you see, as opposed to a paintbrush or um, a chalk. Mm. If you're using a chalk, yes, you could get away with a larger picture. Um, but with a pencil, I think it's probably more suited to A4 or smaller. What about watercolour? What's your biggest watercolour that you've done? Oh, that would be probably... Somewhere between A4 and A3. To be honest, I can't remember now. It's a, it's a while since I did a watercolour. I mean, the, the um, recent one that I did of uh, of Castle Coombe, that was just less than A4 size, just less. Um, and I got a lot of detail in that, didn't I? Now, in, if I did that in watercolour in the past, I probably would have done that larger than that in the old days. I used to do that. Um, Does the same rule apply? Does the same rule apply of keeping it interesting? Yeah, absolutely. If it's a landscape like making big expanses of area interesting. Yes. The only thing about that is you, you've got more. Di- you've got a degree of difficulty with watercolour itself. Watercolour, um, in the traditional sense of it, is, is just wishy-washy, as you know. A lot of artists, they just blanket it, you know. They don't, they don't put the detail in. I tend to do that. I tend to put detail in, and uh, I enjoy doing that. So for me, to do a larger picture now would be, so I think, somewhat of a nightmare, to be honest, if I went bigger than uh, A4. Mm. What about the smallest pastel pencil picture that you've done? Uh, well, I, I, I know exactly what they are, because I did two miniatures uh, for an exhibition that was in um, Portland Zoo Park. Do you know Portland down near Folkestone uh, in Kent? Um, people abroad wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But they had a zoo park there, and they had a, a lovely as well, a mansion, which was the centre of the uh, zoo park, and they had art exhibitions there. 
and they asked me if I'd exhibit. And I, I remember I sold I sold actually a gorilla there. Um, I did a gorilla, and I actually sold that there. And I sold these two little miniatures. They were about, um, I reckon they were two and a half inches, if that, in length. They were both landscape, and about an inch and a half, if that, in height. That's tiny. Oh, that that is really tiny. <laughs> and they were, and the, I can't, I, I can't remember what the second one was. I remember one of them was two, two rhinos rhinoceros two in this little landscape now you can imagine how small that was i don't know i don't know how i did that i really don't but anyway i did and they both sold they sold because what you can do with a tiny picture like that you can put a big mount on it uh, and a reasonable size frame so it looks big (laughs) but actually it's tiny but it does enhance the picture, I think. I think if you have a small miniature and you make a small mount and a small frame, it's lost. You need it to be a little bit bolder, or a double mount even. And I think that's what I did in this case. So you make it a little bit bigger. Mm. Um, but that's the smallest one I've ever done. I, I, I do remember distinctly. And I've done that in watercolour as well, as, as well as pastel pencil. And uh, but you've got if you do that with watercolor, you've got to use very fine brushes. I was going to say that would add to the level of difficulty oh, massively definitely. with watercolor and your eyesight as well. You need glasses or magnifying glasses generally to see that close because I was still pulling the detail. I remember I still remember doing these rhino the horns and the you'd have to get know, right close up to your picture, wouldn't you? I did, and it, and they both of these two rhinos were in a landscape as well so you had sky trees and um it was in the natural surround it wasn't part of a um, or intended to be a zoo it, this was in the wild and uh, so it had the um the earth and all the different bits and pieces i put in wow but so it, it all in a, in a, a very tiny little picture goodness but some people love miniature work. I do. I must, I must admit, I do like uh, miniatures. Some of the pictures you've seen, uh, people have seen, have been quite small. They look big on the, te- on the television when they see them, but actually they are quite tiny. Yeah, you, you sort of tend to work around A5 size or sometimes a little bit between A5 and A4 and sometimes a bit under A5. That's right. Um, well, that beach scene that uh, came up recently, and that was in coloured pencil, remember, uh, I deliberately kept that tight because I wasn't quite sure of the coloured pencils at the time. I was still very early days. and But that came up really well. But that had a lot of detail in it. So this is the... Um does the kind of rule apply if you're doing a smaller picture? I know you said the miniature you would maybe double mount and do a bit a bit of bigger frame. Would you do that again for one of your tiny smaller pictures that are A5 size? Would you still double mount it mm. and try and increase the size a bit? Yes, I would. Yes, I'd always make them. Anything smaller, A5, A5 um, I would make it bigger. Yes, I, What I used to do in, in the old days, because I used to mount pictures and frame them in the early days of the gallery... Uh, what I would do is uh, increase the size. My my average mount size was about two, two and a half inches, and that's on a bigger picture. Now, that's fine for a bigger picture, but I used to use the same size for the smaller pictures as well. 
And then you'd have to increase the frame size as well. You can't have a small frame. You've got to make the frame. It's got to be just right. If you go into a, if you go into a, a framer, they should, if they know their onions, they, they should actually know um, this is... A, it only applies to paintings, not necessarily photographs. Because I'm, I'm thinking of people having photographs. Photographs are, are a different kettle of fish. What When you've got a painting, and I'm talking about an original painting here, you want to enhance it. And you can do that by increasing the mount size and um, the frame size. Hmm. Now, when you're working bigger, um, you have to use more materials. Yes. Um, now, the, bigger pitch, the biggest picture you've done of Porpero... Um, is on engrais. Uh-huh. How would that, how would that differ if you were using pastel mat in terms of the usage of pencils and? Oh, you'd use more you'd use more material because with engrais you don't need quite so much base color. With with pastel mat you do, but on the other hand, as we've discussed this before, you do get a better if if that picture of Morpero, good as it is. If I'd have done that in pastel mat, it would have been just a little bit bolder, a little bit brighter. Mm. Would you have done that on dark grey pastel mat? Just out of curiosity, would you have done it on sand? Um, no, pastel I probably mat. would have done it on sand. Then the, the, I do love the dark, the dark grey, but I think you've got to have the right subject for the dark grey, personally. I think that, that you're always going to get a certain amount of the... Um, base colour, which is the um, original mount colour coming through. You don't see it very much at all on my pictures, but it's, it is there slightly. So you've got to have... I mean, if, if, if you were doing um, a tiger in undergrowth, for instance, then that would work very well on dark grey paper because you don't want that to be a bright, sunny, bright day. You see what I mean? But when you're when you're looking at something that is going to have to be quite bright, then I think the uh, the medium colours are okay, and certainly the sand. I certainly wouldn't go to a light colour. I you, I never ever use light colours for um, pastel pencil. I do for um, coloured coloured pencils. And of course, for watercolor, you would need it too. It's when you want you want the the paper to reflect the kind of mood of the uh, painting. Hmm. That interesting. Uh, I'm yeah. interested because um, now that we do have pastel mat and we use pastel mat, and I know that that eats up more pencils. I just wanted to bring to people's attention the differences in terms of working larger with different types of papers and the fact that, yeah, pastel mat would require, mm. Would, mm. would require more pencils. Well, funny enough, um, today I've set up, or I'm setting up a new one of two pictures. Uh, I've told you before, I'm doing um, in the style of Renoir. I've got these two pictures. They're slightly smaller than A5 in size, but they're bigger than the ones before. So they're slightly bigger. In fact, you could, yes, you could say they're probably A5 size. That's the nearest equivalent I can give you. And I, I was 
just debating this morning, what should I use? What colour paper should I use? Now, in the past, um, I've done them on the sand uh, pastel map paper, right? And I did wonder, should I put them... I knew I wasn't going to put them onto the um, the sand pastel mat. And I knew I wasn't going to put them on dark paper. And I knew I wasn't going to put them on the light paper. So you kind of, in the end, you start eliminating. And what I ended up doing... Uh, well, I haven't done them yet. I've only done the sketch on one of them. I've used the UART sand Uh-oh. color paper. Now, the UART is slightly lighter than uh, the, the pan, uh, the sand pastel mat, right? Slightly lighter, a tone or two, but it's not very light, you know. But I'm using the um, pan pastel, okay? A little bit of pastel pencil thrown in, but it'd be mainly pan pastel. And I'm going to interest and see how it turns out, Steve. Yeah, by next week, I should have done one of them, and we can talk about it. Mm. So it, there's quite a lot of thought, I think, that needs to go into pictures. Generally speaking, you can draw from experience, you know, um, your experience with different papers. Mm. Uh, but it is an interesting uh, subject. I mean, it's something that I think is important, especially when people are starting out. What should you use? This is why I've always said when I was um, working with the um, – pastel pencils before pastel work came onto the scene i always stuck to almost religiously the sand pastel wet paper because it never let me down it's kind of the neutral color and uh, almost every subject well certainly every subject worked well with it the only subject it wouldn't have worked well with is the um shadow pictures that i've done that that wouldn't have worked quite so well because you've had to put a lot of dark on Whereas using the dark grey pastel mat has uh, given us a great advantage there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know that was the that that Fabriano San Fabriano was your absolute go-to um, before pastel mat came along, and it's so flexible as you said, and uh, people see that through all the classes and pictures, various pictures that are on the are on the website. And do you know, interesting, and you don't know this because I've never discussed it with you i don't think anybody else knows it either when i first started using the pastel pencils way way back 1985 was it three about 83 i think anyway whenever i started using them i used dark dark color paper the first couple of pictures i did was on dark color paper and i thought oh, that looks awful so i then started searching and i think that was mount card as well but it wasn't on gray because I was experimenting, you see. Yeah. Then I thought, well, what colour? What, I wonder what colour would work with a pastel pencil. Purely by chance, I just happened to have this mount board in, this sand coloured mount board. And I had two or three other colours as well. I had a dark green, and I had, because I was a, f- a framer as well, so I used to use the amount uh, for my framing my pictures for customers. And I had this uh, sand coloured. Paper. I thought, I wonder if that would work, I said to myself. So I tried a couple and I thought, oh, yeah, that, that, that looks pretty good on that. So that was purely accidental. If I hadn't had that in stock, probably wouldn't be here now. 
because <laughs> it, made, it, it gave me a, a head start. So that's an interesting little anecdote, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Thank God. Thank God you did. <laughs> Everyone will be saying. Oh, lovely. Excellent. Well, I hope that's helped, Lynn. Um, thank you so much for the question. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed this discussion and anyone else as well. Um, we will leave it there for this week. I'll take a picture of the um, Pulpero and so people can see that. Well, take uh, a picture of me alongside it and then you can they can get a good comparison. A good idea of the size. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take that picture in a moment. Uh, and, I mean, you've probably seen it by now. Um, it'll be on the website and on the episode artwork. Um, so you can, can check it out. Um, and we'll be back next week and hear how maybe the first of your in the style of Remoirs have gone. Yes, and, and wish me luck, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we will leave it there. So we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.